Hello friends, welcome to the Supernature Cafe. I'm your host, David Mage. And I'm your host, Reverend Audra of One Soul Awakening. Thank you for taking the time to tune into our show where we discuss the reality-bending stories and experiences from our Supernature podcast. Supernature Cafe seeks to be respectful to all people, humans, beings, and creatures of the universe alike. What we discuss and our content may not be suitable for all listeners. We strive to only speak of truth as we know it. Some listeners may find the experience and stories depicted to be unsettling and disturbing, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Supernature Cafe. Good day, friends. Today's episode, we return to another regression hypnosis session with Audra. This was her second session, and it actually continued part of the story that we got to listen to from her first experience. In particular, that male figure that escorted her around the cosmos in a pyramid-shaped vessel returns, and we get to explore more of his life and death. But before we get into that, I want to take a moment to discuss a part of our hypnosis sessions that we haven't talked about yet, but it did come up a bit in our conversation with Jess in our last cafe. And that's our subconscious level and how there's really are two parts to a hypnosis session that we go through. There's the first half, which is where we get a lot of the experiences and the stories that we've been talking about on Supernature, which is our regressive end that focuses as from what we can tell in a lot of our past life experiences or previous experiences whether that's earthly, cosmically, or what. The second half of these hypnosis sessions has to do with a kind of a Q&A process with a, a subconscious state. And now I don't, maybe you have a better <laughs> better explanation of this than, than I or can delve in a bit more than me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's such a tricky thing to kind of try to explain um, if you haven't been put in that situation so basically when you are doing this type of hypnosis there's the regression there's the past lives there's the storytelling and those stories they're going to change any time that you go under and they are generally being brought forth to the surface based on what's happening in your life right now what you need to work on and they're really trying to share something or portray something to you that you're going to connect with once you're at that point it's usually a good you know 45 minutes in it just puts the person in a different lowered kind of theta state it really just kind of eases you in and then you sort of flip a switch and you close those past lives off you thank them for coming forward and you move on to a different level of subconscious um and you know it's debatable again like you said as to what you want to call it but in fact it is something different and generally when people do come to see myself or you know someone who's doing um, the practice they have a lot of unanswered things coming up within their patterns in their life that they want to understand deeper it seems to be like these are the questions you know the universal questions like what am i doing why is this person a part of my life you know should i Keep, Am I on the right path? <laughs> yeah. Should I keep doing what I'm doing? Should I be should I be moving away to another country? Like it's it's incredible all of these questions that come up that you can ask. Yeah. 
Yeah, and this is where you find those answers. And it is really interesting because there is a moment within where you do all of a sudden speak about yourself in the third person as if it's not you laying down on that couch talking. You're kind of like, oh, yeah, I, uh, I belong to this person over here, and this is what they're going to be needing in their life. And it, it is really fascinating. Um, but it's an integral part because this is where a lot of the healing happens. This is where a lot of the questions are answered. Um, so it is something that we generally don't talk about on this show because it's very personal. So for us to have someone um, explore that with us is a little bit um, tricky to navigate because these are questions that maybe they don't want exploited for all to hear. However, um, in the future, you know, in future episodes, I am more than happy to share my subconscious experiences because it's me and I'm completely approving all of that. <laughs> Aside from it having to do with the personal level of the of the person, there's also the context that I find is tough because these questions are so specific. It requires a lot of backstory about the person or the situation or the other people involved to really understand what where that question's coming from, where the answer comes from as well. Yeah, you and, don't feel that impact unless it's your story. Right. And where we are in a fortunate situation with your sessions that we do have that backstory, we do have that subconscious question and answer that we can well, we can play around with and we can fill in and we can explain further. Yeah, I'm happy to share that with everybody. So that's definitely some stuff upcoming uh, on our next uh, few episodes that we can dive into. Yeah, so anyone who did listen to The Last Cafe and were like, what was Jess meaning when she was talking about subconscious and questions? That was sort of our, you know, gist of what that meant and we will get into it in future episodes. Yes, and I'm very excited to begin including this into our repertoire of discussions because it really does add a whole new layer to what our experiences as these humans really mean. Okay, now to your second experience. Yes. So this was your second hypnosis ex experience that, uh, that at first we didn't realize was an actual direct continuation almost of where your first session went. Who knew you could do that? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we've had experiences with some people that have done a few sessions where certain elements have come back yes. and, and have been involved in their life in other, other ways. Yeah, we've jumped in and out of different time frames with specific beings or figures within that person's life. But um, this seems like it was a direct sort of hold my place. Oh, I'm back now. <laughs> Yeah, I found it really interesting that we started, or not we, you, <laughs> returned to that desert landscape, which at first I didn't put two and two together. But now, looking back, I've realized that that desert that you started in in this session was the same place from the first one, and it was his home planet. Yes. Oh, him being Fran. We got finally got to learn a name for this figure, which was fascinating. Um I didn't even think of asking that the first first time around, so it was great that uh, that we actually got a name name for him that we could speak to him. Now I remember, actually, in the session, oddly enough, again these, sometimes these sessions, the recordings, 
and we've heard this from numerous people too that have done these recordings and stuff that some of it gets lost and gets cut out some pieces of the recordings just get dropped and we've found that in a few instances and even my teacher had that issue on a handheld you know 1970s 1980s handheld recorder that was on a tape it would just be missing there's there's chunks of of missing experience and this happens right and this was a good example the beginning of this session there was this not long but a little moment of but a little moment of discovering who this person was and learning that his name was Fran but it was completely lost in the listening back to the so session. So I'm glad you have a much better memory than I do because I can get very detailed with some things but if I weren't to listen and reread and re-listen again and again and again I wouldn't have recalled um, a lot of that. Well yeah and, and I, I found it funny that I was waiting for that to happen and then I never did and then thinking back and going through my notes I realized that that was this brief little moment right at the beginning that we had with him where it was really similar to his frustration with us always trying to categorize and name things <laughs> and he, and because I remember it being like well you just you won't be able to you won't know it. you won't be able to say it you like why are you bothering why like what is, why do you need to know and, and it was almost like fine call me Fran yeah. <laughs> and and I thought it was funny that 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 tone of that that figure was prevalent and came through from the first session and into the second session. Mm -hmm. So we know he's Fran and we are back with him on the desert, uh, which is now a desert planet and is his home planet. And we learn that it's where he and his people used to live, but had to leave because of some issue that happened on the planet. And from what he says, and when we start to talk to him, um, we learn that he's looking for nitrogen, but he's finding radium. I have no idea about this, this stuff. I mean, I've looked into it a bit further now because it came up, but, um, I'm really interested to know what your take is on why these minerals and stuff were coming up in this, in his explanations. Um, so my take is that it kind of blows my mind a little bit when you look at the whole thing. So he is there taking samples and he basically is just touching the earth or like the, the physicalness of, of where he is. And he is able to almost um, see an aura of what is happening with what he's touching. He sees red and He's saying that there is radium found in this soil. They need nitrogen in order for it to be livable again. So he's also explaining that he's looking to find balance. He mentions Libra. He mentions um, look to six. And I almost recall the feeling of, oh boy, like another number. What does that mean? So when we kind of looked at this afterwards, we looked up radium, we looked up nitrogen, we looked up Libra. Well, I think it was really interesting. We just did a quick search on radium. And what's mm -hmm. the first thing it says? So 
Radium is a chemical element with the symbol Ra and the atomic number 88. It's the sixth element in group two of the periodic table known as the alkaline earth metals. So you've got sixth, you've got, um, you know, alkalinity. It also says that it reacts with nitrogen on exposure to air. So he, I find this so fascinating personally because as much as I would love to be a chemistry student, I am not. So, you know, this is information I had no idea about. So when you look at Libra, it is six star constellation. Mm -hmm. Libra brings balance. We're talking about nitrogen balancing out the radium. Well, just, just a quick thing. Yeah, like Libra is, it is balance. It's the scales of justice or the yeah. scales of balance, <laughs> yeah. which was an interesting connection that I didn't put together until looking into it. Yeah. And, you know, we even like even looking back at the story, we didn't look much into it until recently when we were like, I wonder, you know, what the connection is with that. And it blew my mind because these are not things that I know. So it makes me look at myself and go, I am not who I think I am. How do I know this stuff? And how did I piece together these things that make sense? You know, when I look at just the idea of radium when you Google it, um, the symbol raw. Okay, that makes sense, right? Radium RA. Raw is a huge part of my love for Egypt and Egyptology. Its atomic number is 88. That number just on a personal level in our family is a huge number. So it's just like all these little connections that you don't think about in the story and even after the story until you actually look in detail and go, holy cow, <laughs> how did I do that? How did I know all of these things and piece them together? I mean, and then on the flip side, I mean, you could look at that as maybe these are things that you subconsciously have picked up on some level and you're like schooling or learning or, and that, that you don't recognize or you don't resonate with. But in this subconscious state, it's pulling from that information and to create this yeah. this platform of this story. Which some people could think would call the BS on it and say, like, well, this is all stuff you knew. However, I almost look at it as like, that's just as fascinating because that means there is so much stuff up in these brains of ours that we have not tapped into that we have just seen and put aside. So how do we get into that information? Like it opens up a whole new thing. Well, right. And yeah, to, along with that, whether it's past life connections or it's stuff in our own life that we got to sort through and figure out, I think it validates that a little bit more by showing that you're tapping into things that, that you're not consciously aware of. Mm -hmm. So sure, these are some numbers and some concepts, but what about emotional trauma? Situations or things that have troubled us that we've suppressed consciously, but something like this through hypnosis can help ease that pain or suffering or whatever it may be mm -hmm. and help heal. Well, and you have to remember too, for those who haven't um, tried this or been under before, when, when you're describing things and when someone's asking you, what do you see? What is this? What is that? It's not like you're sitting there thinking about it. It's not like, you know, you're looking around going, Hmm, what should I say? What should I, what should I talk about? Almost it's like in just, a therapy session. Yeah. You're not trying to fool anyone or, or create anything. You know, when you ask me, what are you looking for? Radium. Oh yeah, absolutely. What do you need? Nitrogen. I don't know why I said it. It just came out. It just 
flies out and it's not this sort of premeditated. Yeah, and that's actually a great point to tie back to the subconscious conversations that you you have. And the question and answer process is immediate. No, I say that with a grain of salt. It depends how they're asked. <laughs> the questions don't necessarily come quickly, like it's a fast-paced conversation, but the thought process of the person in the hypnosis is not there. It's they're not there's there's no thinking about what to say. It's literally, I don't know why I said that. I don't even know where that came from. I just said it. Yeah, you're not, it. you're not trying to think a story up and you're not trying to create anything or, you know, what do I have to say? What, how should I answer this? It is not like that at all. And I can only really ex- I mean, speak from my own experience, um, but it just flies out and you don't know why you really don't and I think a lot of the healing too is in going through these sessions and having your recording and rereading it and understanding the bigger picture of what's being said okay so enough of the crazy coincidences or crazy connections of these numbers and ideas as fascinating as that is there's more (laughs) well yeah (laughs) like That was only the stepping stone for what took place for the rest of the session. Like, cool, this radium, this toxic radium element, something happened on the planet to increase the radium levels that made it impossible for them to live. So they removed themselves from the planet and put themselves in a bubble construct in the middle of space. Yes, waiting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What, that's not normal? <laughs> uh, so I don't know if, if uh, you can maybe divulge a little bit more that, that we may not have captured in the, uh, in the narrative um, about that environment that they were living in. Yeah, um, I think you captured it really well. Um, it's, it's a tricky one for me to explain other than, you know, using a large bubble think you know wizard of oz the bubble that brings the good witch it's sort of like a soap bubble that you can see through and when i look through it i see so many levels um trees plant life there's a lot of happiness on there they're not excuse me post-apocalyptic style that you would see in you know today's sci-fi of doom and gloom and darkness they were there waiting and they wanted to come back. They had their own, you know, intricate lives that they were living, but in a bubble, protected. Now, roughly how many people do you think it was holding? Thousands? Thousands, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't small, yeah, but that... I mean, it wasn't planetary. Yeah, that was something I wasn't sure about, and I don't don't know if we captured it in the, in the session. No. What was, yeah, was the scale of... of of how many of these beings were actually in, in there or, or if there were more of these, maybe, you know, we, we see this one, this could have been in one of thousands. Right. And it could be, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I saw one. Hmm. Um, that's always something we can try again, see what happens. But I, I don't, I remember not looking too much into it, just being like, oh, okay, that's how you guys are rolling with it. Okay. Oh, and the, the big thing again, for me with this, bubble and these beings as as fascinating as it is to think that they constructed this bubble that they were able to live and sustain themselves they were growing and creating their own 
plant sources and food sources. Yes. But the fact that when you did end up, or we did have an encounter with one of them there, we learned that through sound vibration, they are able to change anything, change anything and <laughs> transport themselves anywhere they wanted to be. Yeah. So there was one thing I found really fascinating that that idea, which we learned about through the pyramid in your first session, came back in the bubble when you're talking to the beings in the bubble. Yeah. And that they had this ability to shift their sound vibration and that allowed them to shift their reality, really. Space, their, yeah. their place in space. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that was um, really interesting, and I wish we could find out more about that. Yeah, I like the um, I like the idea of using that sound vibration um, because it is sort of interesting to note too that they did mention we still speak, we still use words, so their words are just a little bit more careful maybe than ours, um, but it. I don't know if this is maybe common knowledge or just my own weird knowledge, but the use of voice and sound therapy and, you know, being able to transfer things through sound generally don't mix. Like you wouldn't assume, or maybe just I wouldn't assume that a being that would use sound to transport would also speak because I feel like there's a little conflict there. Um, but they did kind of say, you have to be careful, <laughs> but check what I can do. And they were really kind of excited to show how they could just go boop and go somewhere else just by creating the sound within them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so from that fascinating community space, um, we normally travel to other significant points in time in that past life experience just just to learn more about what's going on better yeah i think well mine are a little bit more complicated because i don't tend to go into you know something that was like my past life mm -hmm. i tend to get escorted around places which is a little bit different so um basically when you are um, doing the regression and you're going through the quote-unquote past life um you can jump around a lot between time so that it's not one long story you can really just like, okay, let's end this here. We're going to, you know, wish everybody well with who we're with right now, but can you move us along through a different point that you'd like to bring up or however you'd like to word it? And so we were able to jump to another point in Fran's time and space. Right. That was very important to him. Yeah, and that's I think that's kind of how I worded it in the session was now I'd like to go to a significant time or a significant day in in your life. Um, and it was huge for him. That something very important happened. Yeah. And immediately you see this rocket ship and it is soaring through space, hurtling its way down towards the planet. Yes. And I felt horrible. And I... I don't recall again like I don't recall all of the pieces of hypnosis but that's one that stuck I remember saying I don't want to look and not feeling comfortable looking at what was about to happen and even talking about it now like I could feel the upset in what he did see and it was a rocket ship that from my view reminded me of like an airplane 
where you know you've got your vessel and a bunch of windows and I could see faces in those windows it was very close and it crashed and I could see kind of the fear and and just the worry in the people because they knew it was about to happen they could see it coming but they were very cute and that was strange because <laughs> what did they look like they look like puppies yeah they were little beagle men they had beagle faces and like if you knew me you'd know i'm not a huge i mean i love animals but i'm not a big animal lover like i gotta have pets but oh my god they were adorable and i could name 10 dogs that you would reference over a beagle yeah not no a offense beagle. to beagles <laughs> <laughs> not my kind of dog right but here we are yeah the ship crashes on the onto the planet and you see these beagle-looking men. men. In little suits with beagle heads. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's laughable to me now because it's just so ridiculous, but also it was so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and when it happened, I wasn't really sure where to go with the session at that point. <laughs> I think I threw you off. Yeah, because this was a significant moment in Fran's life, but it was a brief moment of this ship crashing onto the planet. And we learned later, near the end of the session, the significance of that. But um, I'm so appreciative of whatever powers that be that gave me the idea to track that ship. And then we, we had this great moment where we were actually able to go back in time mm -hmm. and follow that ship prior to the crash to where it came from and we discovered their home planet yeah and i think the the neat thing with this style of hypnosis is that um you have to be a good interviewer and you really don't get that unless you just keep doing it you really need to like look at the big picture and just ask the right questions because you can't just ask any questions you're not going to get answers you need to you need to really look at what you want to know and ask very specific, detailed questions. And don't limit yourself to no. linear thinking. <laughs> like the more abstract those questions became or the more, almost the more direct they became. Like instead of trying to ask questions like what happened? in a process, like what happened? Oh, and then this happened. And then this happened. It It is like a completely open forum, which I tried to capture in the narrative when we ended up getting back to the planet and talking to one of the beings that was going to get on the ship yeah. and talking to him as if he's the accident's already happened. Yeah, so it went back to prior to it happening, um, I suppose. But I mean, again, it goes back to time and humans and how we love this timetable and this schedule and this calendar and, you know, our our clocks but what does that really mean I mean outside of humans there's no time things just exist simultaneously so we're talking to this character and right sorry and, and that's just something that we have through our sessions and through other sessions and you know through our, our studies especially in the hypnosis sessions the prevalent thought at the cosmic <laughs> level of, of beings is time does not exist no Everything happens at once. 
but everything's always happening all together. And I actually have a float session that'll be coming up in the future episodes that is very bluntly directing our view as humans on time, which we can get into then. So if you are interested in that stuff, stay tuned. Um, But now back to our dog friend. So was chatting with him prior to it, and he knew clear as day that this was going to happen. And he was upset. Not that he was, you know, sad, like, I can't do this and I don't want to die. It was more of a, I love my life, you know, things are going good. And I understand I have to do this, but man, I'm going to miss it. And it was a really sad moment because he was just like giving himself up and all these other guys were too. Um, So they are on a sun flare expedition that is sort of standard procedure, just, you know, a job they do. And they're out to capture some of the solar flare to bring it back home to do some studies on it. And they crash and they don't understand why. And so a really neat concept comes up because that planet had never been there before. They had done this time and time again, and it was not there. Why was it there now? Yeah, I thought that was incredible that this planet all of a sudden appeared in a place that has never had this planet before. It was just space. To the, for these beings and their trajectory, their, their flight path was interrupted by its energy and sucked them right in. And they knew, but they didn't know. Right. They, it's almost, yeah, like this duality between what we know consciously versus what we know subconsciously. And what are we really tapping into on that subconscious level? Versus, you know, what are we aware of in our conscious state? And well, when you think about going to see mediums or going to see different people, you want to know your future. You want to know, how am I going to be? How's it going to, how's it going to look for me on this side? And you can't know those things. Because when you know those things, you make different decisions. And then what's left? Do you grow? Do you learn? You just play it safe, right? Because I think instinctually, you just do the thing that makes you survive. And you don't always do what's right or what's necessary. And it's just a much bigger world out there. It's a much bigger multiverse than just that. So I think it's interesting because they were of a different dimension. So they knew this was happening and they accepted it and said, well, it's for the greater good, I suppose. And next time I'll just have to do something else. What are you going to do? Yeah. And I thought it was really neat that Fran mentions this later on that Like, he's sad to see what happened. He was sad that that had to happen. But the contracts were made. They they had agreed to this. Obviously not in a conscious state. They didn't. Because we got to hear almost from that person that they were sad that this had to happen. But at this deeper subconscious state, soul state, that contract was made. That agreement happened and they were ready to do it and they were ready for it. Ooh, it's like the fail safe. Like they knew that they would have to do it if things didn't sort themselves out. So maybe it was like they're sad that it happened because they knew that there could have been another way. So if that radium wasn't there and they got it cleaned up and they were able to survive, then it would have just kept going. 
but they were like the fail safe like damn it didn't happen so we know what we got to do so ah, that's that, kind of neat that brings up a very very cool idea about fate versus destiny mm-hmm. and that some things may be predetermined but predetermined only on certain paths people and, have different decisions and that other paths grander than that individual themselves you know have to align or have to misalign for that path to take place well that breaks things open <laughs> to a whole whole lot more uh, conversations yeah because i mean if that radium hadn't taken over the planet and basically ended everything well right and not just ended everything shifted its dimensional place down to six down to six again there's that six like it's fascinating those those alignments yeah that planet we find out sort of later on through the story was a seven seventh dimensional planet and when this happened when the soil turned and they had to leave shifted down to the sixth dimension and they weren't supposed to be there that wasn't where they were all this time but they were there now and so Fran was going and, and checking the soil and trying to figure out what could he do. And so herein comes this flight of dogs that just crashes and their ship, their bodies, everything just becomes liquid and gives to that space and planet exactly what they needed to go back home, in essence. For Fran's people to go For back Fran's home. For Fran's people. Right. And it was interesting that Fran mentioned that it looked like this liquid metal or this like, but that it was just the way their water looks. It was beautiful. (laughs) It It, it was liquid metal. Yeah. It was silver. Yeah. And that whether that was what the beings or what these dog beings were carrying on their ship, maybe that once it crashed, that that type of water absorbed in no you're shaking your head no no, no. <laughs> they weren't carrying anything okay so it would so you're saying that literally the 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 ship and the beings the energy of the ship and the beings was what was required to go to that planet because hmm. those two things would have never have touched and mm-hmm. then when they did touch it created a reaction that melted it in Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'd l- love to explore that further uh, in another session. Yeah, me too. Well, Among so many other things. Yeah, add it to our list. Here we are. This ship crashes sixth dimension. And we learn from Fran that by that sacrifice, they were able to shift the planet back to its seventh dimensional state because life was able to return to the planet. In both ways. Life itself began to grow again on the planet by the moss and the cacti that yeah. we, we saw starting to grow back. That was extremely exciting to Fran, um, which was nice to see. A, a, he was a, so happy. Yeah, a, a happy side to that He was sick guy. of eating oatmeal every day. <laughs> yeah. Or what they would make to yeah. look like and taste like oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, yeah, he was able to bring his people back to the planet because of that because for however the reactions that took place or what that life brought back it was able to clear that radium out or whatever was going on and make it livable again and then this magical moment took place in the session that i forgot about fran just tells us well it's time to leave my body 
I'm, oh, yeah. I'm putting the bones <laughs> in the ground and I'm peacing out. I'm happy. I had a wonderful life. I brought happiness and, and, and comfort back to my people. And now I can rest. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. And <laughs> you proceeded, well, we proceeded to have a conversation with him after his mm -hmm. well, leaving you, of the body. And you were being so delicate. Like, you don't have to worry. You're not going to feel how you, you know, how you passed over. And I remember him being like, no, no, it's cool. Right. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Here's me, a third dimensional being, <laughs> trying to ease and comfort a seventh dimensional being. Yeah, yeah I lost. You lost that battle. <laughs> he didn't care. He was just no. like, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like even just in a, the wording, I thought was so incredible. Like, now nah, I'm just leaving my body. Yeah. And he was able to leave that physical body that was Fran and look back at everything that he had done and had no problems with that and was totally comfortable with that and he was just getting tired yeah and he did his job. looked at that experience as a spiritual being having a physical experience yeah and now that experience is over yeah he was really at peace with it and i think you know we focus so much on death and the negative aspects of it when really it's just our attachment to the being and what that meant to us it's not the death it's not this horrible thing it's just this transfer of energy into something else it's almost like the way the dog was the dog people or that the one that you were talking to was feeling is it's the loss of what you have yes and that's i think that's the saddest part is you know we get really attached to you know what we're doing in this life and that's what is sad is the losing of that mm -hmm. because he was having a great life yeah he was really enjoying himself yeah. and was really sad that that had to stop but you know that you always have another one mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just starting over right and it seems like we're just connected to everything outside of that physical state yeah spiritually like all of those memories all of those thoughts all of those beings we're still attached to and connected to when we leave like yeah. look at the stories of near-death experiences and uh you know going through the tunnel and you know seeing the, your loved ones on the other side and and, oh yeah, our life on this side is so limiting. And yeah, feels so closed in at times yeah. and so lonely. But what a what a reassuring feeling I find to think that right on the flip side of this is a spiritual half of me that is hanging out <laughs> with all of the other spiritual halves of all the people that are important in my life. It's like a spiritual cheerleading squad on the other side that's like, come on over here. Yeah. <laughs> we want to hug you again. Yeah. It's neat. And that actually, oddly enough, that brings up a psilocybin experience that I had that maybe we'll hold on to and we'll talk <laughs> about on a, maybe we'll do a psychedelic episode. Yes. On... I think you and I and uh, some other people we uh, know have had some pretty profound experiences yes. on various psychedelics and maybe that's worth having a little uh, a little chat about. I think so. I've had so much breakthrough. I mean, death has never been a huge thing in well, it, sorry, it's been a huge thing in my life, but I'm not attached to this grief and death part. And some may find it super cold, um, but I look at things so much differently. And I think I have since I was a lot younger too. And so I actually have some really cool 
silo experiences um, that have a lot to do with death in my family. And it's a really cool thing to touch on that I'm happy to share with. I don't know if you meant to say it like that, but I love that terminology, a silo experience. Yeah. <laughs> I just said it because it was shorter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. But, yeah. yeah we our can silo experiences. Call it the silo sessions. <laughs> the silo sessions. Nice. So that being said, if anybody has Whole any, new podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> if you guys have any silo sessions or cool experiences that you want to share with us that we can kind of add in here and explore, I mean please send them over. I actually just set up a contact page um, on my website. If you go to onesoulawakening.com, in the podcast link, there's a contact form there that you can fill out and send us any sort of um, stories that you want us to share. And we would love to hear them. So looking at how Fran was sort of um, discovering this sixth to seventh dimensional jump and with the dog people and all of that, I think it kind of sparked a big conversation for us personally because we talk so much in this day in life. Um, I don't know if it's just within our circles or not, but with this jump between third and fifth dimension on our planet now, and this is even going back to years ago, reading Dolores Cannon's book on the two Earths and, you know, thinking back then like oh aliens are just gonna come take us and ship us off to another planet but in fact no it's like these two different dimensional areas almost like our earth is hovering between two dimensions where's the fourth dimension is what i want to know well yeah i think that's gonna have to be a big <laughs> conversation because for some reason we always it... talk three and five but i think it's interesting to bring up because they talk about this and they talk about how a planet just boom is almost like a finger snap and you are in a different dimension so when we look at how things are happening here between the third and the fifth dimension is it something like that what does that actually mean i mean so many people talk about it and on instagram every day there's the hashtag fifth dimension and you know dimensional ascensions and things like that but what does that mean i think it's a a great point and uh sounds like a another great topic for a uh, upcoming cafe for another deep dive for sure i um, think so too i think it's a huge subject and it's also very personal i think so many people have very different views of what the heck that means and on that note i think that's a great opportunity to throw it back out to the audience uh, if you guys have any thoughts or have you had any experiences with this idea of two Earths, two worlds happening at the same time? Like, do you feel like sometimes you're just not experiencing the same things that other people are? One great example of this, I believe, is the Mandela effect. Mm -hmm. And this is that idea that a huge portion of people believe that Nelson Mandela died years ago. And it created this dualistic thinking that this person died years ago, but in our reality didn't die in our current reality. That's such a tricky one to wrap your head around and even explain. Like I, I see the words coming out and I'm just in my mind going, oh my God, what is this? Like it's definitely something uh, if you haven't heard of this to look up because it is quite fascinating and the conviction behind the effect and the stories that you can kind of look up and how people feel about this is really quite fascinating like there's so much to this dimensional shift that really has a split as a planet 
between three and five. And so if you have any, uh, any experiences or any ideas about this, we would love to hear it and love to get your input and feedback on your ideas about this splitting of Earths. Yes, please. The more people that we can connect with, the better. I mean, we want to keep these conversations going and active and get more people thinking what we can be. I want to thank everybody who has submitted information. Uh, we are getting some great stories and some great leads on some more stories uh, to include into upcoming episodes. So keep it coming. Keep it coming in. We're having a blast doing this and I hope you're enjoying listening as well. As much as we're enjoying sharing. <laughs> Thank you and have a wonderful week. If you would like to share your story or have any questions about our discussions or have any ideas that you would like us to include, email us at supernature at galacticcycle.com. And if you enjoyed this session, subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platform and stay up to date on all of our latest releases. Help us make these shows as interactive as possible. So please reach out and keep this conversation going. You can connect with us in the links in the bio and become a part of the journey. See you next time for more incredible stories. And in all that you do, may you reconnect with the earth. Thank you for listening and never stop pushing the boundaries of reality.